Hello and welcome to That's So Craven. We are now streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and Twitch. Make sure you follow us on all social media and subscribe to be notified when a live recording starts. Please, please, please share That's So Craven with your Fulham friends to keep our community growing. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and come on you whites. Freed from desire, mind and senses purified. Freed from desire, mind and senses purified. Freed from desire, mind and senses purified. Freed from desire. Hello and welcome to the That's So Craven podcast, your Fulham podcast from Down Under. We're here tonight to discuss the Leeds Review. Uh, Fulham beating Leeds 2-0 in the FA Cup, moving through to the quarterfinals for the first time in 13 years. A great result with two absolute screamers from Jao Polina and Manor Solomon. We only score bangers. And here to discuss those bangers with me, I have Elton. How are we going? Yeah, very well, thanks, Jack. And hello to everyone out there. And Sammy, how are you going, Sammy? Yeah, it's a good day, isn't it? It's a good day with good goals. Let's get cracking. It is a good day. And look, we uh, previewed this one earlier this week, and um, it was always going to be tough to understand what kind of team Leeds were going to put out um, and what kind of team Fulham were going to put out. Dad, I'll throw to you straight away. Uh, what were your thoughts on Fulham's starting lineup? Well, not too far off what I think uh, we discussed, if I remember correctly. There have been that many conversations over the last few days. I'm probably a bit confused, to be honest. But, um, yeah, I think um, pretty much as expected. Really? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't think so. <laughs> Sammy, go on. Tell, tell me no, what you thought. No Kazawa. Ream starting. Well, Kazawa uh, injured. Oh, is he? Okay, well that's that's a bit more that's a bit more reasonable. But um Mitrovic starting, I was quite surprised by that. Um as well as uh yeah. Solomon getting um his um full ninety, that's great. And also um Cedric Sars. Uh again, I actually thought that um uh yeah, because I was going to start, but I didn't know he was injured. So that makes a bit more sense. But yeah, Reem starting and Mitrovic starting. I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Like, actually, um, point of order, I'm getting like senilities crept in here, actually, because um, you're you're absolutely right, Sam. We reviewed and, and picked a team. And, and then there's such a lot of stuff coming out on Twitter. I felt like I've been discussing these changes all along. And you're absolutely right, actually. We picked a team which said um, uh, Vinicius up front. We did say mm. Ream. To start. I, I, I picked Ream to start. Didn't We didn't for a moment think Tete would play, but we, we definitely did think um, Kazawa would play. Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, Robinson started as well. Yeah, I wasn't expecting Robinson. I wasn't expecting to see Robinson. Yeah, he's got a ruptured knee. He's got a ruptured... Uh, yeah. uh, interior ligament, I think it was, yeah. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, there was obviously a bit of late news that came through before, sorry, after we recorded the podcast uh, about Mitro being fit. And it, it did seem as soon as Silva said that, that he was going to actually try and get some minutes into Mitro's legs. Obviously, with the game against Brentford coming on a Monday night, we do have a little bit more time. Um, I saw someone comparing it to playing on a Sunday and then playing on the next Saturday is the effective gap that we've got between this FA Cup game and our next league game. So you do basically have that full rest period. 
So giving Mitro some minutes after being out of the game for a bit, I think actually was quite important. And so it does make sense as to why he made that change. Um, and then, yeah, you know, with, with the Kazawa late injury as well that we didn't know about when we were recording, um, it does make sense as to why Robinson started. Uh, and, you know, well, I think we assumed that Leno um, was going to be rested. We assumed Suarez was going to get a run out. We assumed Lukic was going to get a run out as well and sort of guessed that Wilson and Solomon would be starting too. Um, Sammy, what were your thoughts on the Leeds lineup? They put out a pretty strong lineup. And me and Dad, when we spoke about uh, the potential Leeds lineup, we were sort of expecting a few more starters to be rested, but they put out quite a strong team. Yeah, I mean, uh, they had Weston McCann. Uh, they had, um, what's his name? Summer Summer something? Um, Somerville. Somerville, yeah. He was really, really strong. Um, yeah, I, I mean, they could, they definitely, they came out like with like a lot of bite. And I feel that I, cause I kind of assumed that they were going to throw this game a little bit away just purely because of their position in the table. But no, they came out for like an actual scrap. It just turns out that we were just better. And that was good to see. <laughs> Although, like, in, in all fairness for them, for the first like 20 minutes, um, they they did break our line. Rodak had a couple of um, faux pas, and I was like, "This could go either way." But yeah, uh, we'll get onto all the good stuff, won't we? Well, let's talk about the Leeds chances because they did have a couple of chances early in the game. Um, there was the initially, well, there was the offside goal firstly, which uh, you know people talk about offside goals as a, as a chance. I don't actually think they are chances because you're offside. Yes, you put the ball in the back of the net, but you did it because you're standing offside. So, you know, when people... I know um, Brighton fans were up in arms after they scored two offside goals, but at the end of the day, you're offside. So how how can you complain too much about it? Um, But obviously, that was their first chance. They got the ball in the net quite early on. And then there was uh, the push. I call it a push the very slight nudge on Harry Wilson that sent him somehow flying across the six-yard box uh, <laughs> before the ball was tapped into the back of the net. Um, Dad, your thoughts on that disallowed goal for Leeds, in, in your opinion, should it have stood? So I was just thinking about my preparation for this evening. I, I've had a long day. I'm sure we all had a long day. I, I, I've actually watched this game in four pieces. <laughs> I could not get a stream because Paramount Plus was playing the game. I, I, I got up too late. By the time I actually tried That's to watch so it, there funny. was no replay. And then I had to deliver my car to your sister. But that's another story. And, and so I'm sitting outside of an Indian restaurant on the chairs they happened to leave overnight watching the second half, and then Jack calls me for a review, so I couldn't watch the end of that. And as I've watched this game in bits and pieces. I've probably forgotten more than I remembered. And that particular – so I'm sitting on my phone watching um, the game, and that particular disallowed goal, I think I watched about five times because I couldn't actually see the problem. Mm. And – um, the, to, admittedly, the camera angles were really difficult, and yeah, I thought that as well, actually. And and then uh, the the only way you can really see it is the reverse angle, where you see Wilson flying, but he looks like he's jumped off a trampoline. 
And <laughs> but I think I think the the guy has clearly given him a massive shove, but the camera doesn't pick it up, and all you see is Wilson flying, and I don't see the guy laying a fing finger on him at all. Mm. Well, but he's obviously moved, and the ref was in a really good spot. So, and the ref blew it up incredibly early, right? Yeah. So, the point you um, made there, though, was that he, he got a big shove. I don't think he got a big shove. I think he's he's copped a bit of a dive there. Um, I, but he's you know, right if, in front of the ref. I know, but what I'm saying is if that happened to us, I think we'd be very, very angry about it. I, I don't think there was enough of a push there. I think it's very similar to what we see over here in Australia in AFL where you're not allowed to put your hands on someone's back, but players now in the knowledge of that, basically dive. Because, you know, if someone's got their hand up and you feign being pushed in the back while you're jumping, it does look like you've been pushed in the back really hard. The yeah. ref did blow it instantly, and he blew the ball – sorry, he blew for the foul before the Leeds player had actually put the ball in the back of the net, which – Before before Rodak had parried the ball. Yes. Yeah, it got, it got called instantly. So he obviously saw something there. I just don't think there was much in it. Sam, did, did you think – that was a foul? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think you're in absolutely right. And uh, we, I, I think we even talk, talked about this with Russ when we were on um, Cottage Talk. Shout out, Cottage Talk. Uh, it's just part of the Mon game, isn't it? If you get an inch, you take a mile. And I, I think you do kind of have to play like that nowadays. And it's just, I don't necessarily agree with it, but I do think it's just part of like the Mon game. And if you're getting a push in the back in any way, I think you are obligated to dive in some way, and I, that can be controversial, but I think that's just the way that the game is. I I think the, the the frustrating thing that I'm feeling about this is that I don't think we're in a position to even judge it because we there was no video footage of any contact between the player and Wilson, and all you see on the video is Wilson flying. Well, and that I to me though says if you with with you know there are 35 cameras in the ground. If none of those cameras are picking up a shove on Wilson, then he probably didn't get shoved. But but yeah. the problem is, Jack, Jack, the problem is he actually, by the time Wilson is flying through the air, the ball is well and truly on its way. Right? And so, the, so if the guy pushes him really early, that's exactly as you'd expect it to unfold. But we, uh, there's I no evidence. I still don't think he. I, I've I've watched it back and watched multiple angles. I don't. Yeah, think, hang on. There's only three angles. There's only three angles given. I know. I've I've seen them all. I, I don't think exactly. he got a big and enough VAR's shove to got warrant twenty-eight cameras. I right? don't think he got a big enough shove to warrant the the fall that he. I, I don't want to say simulated, but it it looks like a bit of a dive, and I think Leeds should feel a little bit aggrieved there because I think. I think we've got away with one. I, I think he he definitely didn't get a big enough shove to cause that reaction because you watch it in slow motion from the the normal broadcast camera, you can see that he go he jumps up in the air and then sort of throws his body forward. I just don't see a big enough shove. Mm. Yeah. What I'm saying is it's very confusing because the ref is in a perfect position and he sees it. <laughs> Very early, so so you know, unless the ref is mad and he doesn't understand the rules, uh, I, I know what I saw, and I can't 
I, I can't see how we get a penalty out of that. Uh, they, sorry, I can't see how that goal is disallowed because yeah. all I see is Wilson flying through the air. But the the video that we were shown provides no supportive evidence. Yeah. Anyway, let's let's keep moving um, and talk about. I like the, the log channel. Yeah. Let's <laughs> get, let's talk- get away from the who done it. Can't let's be bothered. Talk, talk about the opening <laughs> goal of the game um, and uh, Polina's just <laughs> superb finish from thirty yards. Um, and I've I've sort of measured it because he actually hits it right on the edge of one of the cut strips. This and also strips is a distance between the six yard box and the eighteen yard box. Uh, weird that That's I spent funny, time Jack. doing that this morning, but yeah. it's it's exactly yeah. thirty. Well, I hope yards. your employers aren't listening, Jack, because I'd be asking <laughs> questions about your timesheet. Pretty simple maths. Um, Twelve plus eighteen, thirty. There we go. That's how long it took me this morning. Um, Don't no, you have a child? Don't you just, too? <laughs> it's classic, classic Polina though. He wins the ball back from a slightly stray pass. It wasn't even a terrible pass, but he's there closing the ball down straight away. The Leeds player seems to try to let the ball run across his body to faint past Polina, and that's just never going to happen. Mm. Polina makes the tackle, wins the ball, and literally first time somehow spots the Leeds keeper slightly out of position. But the fact that he curls it from that distance, and I I mentioned it in a couple of tweets as well, um, usually you see players who are having a shot from their trunk with their laces through it. He curls the ball from there it's and places ridiculous. it perfectly, caressing the <laughs> post and ending up in the back of the net. Sammy, yeah. I know how much you love Zhao. How nuts did you go when you watched that goal? I'm just out of words. I'm like out of things to say about him. Like he's just fucking great. You can. I'm sorry, but like he's just so good. Like he is. Oh, like like I don't even. I really don't know what more I can say. Like he. And he and he just he clearly loves being at full on. He's like smacking the badge. He's celebrating with the fans. He's just the best. He's so good. Like he's that. It's such a beautiful goal. It's like it's so picture perfect. Like no six foot four center down should be able to do that. And like he's just full package. I, I, I like I don't know what else. I don't. I've said everything, and he just keeps on giving me the goods. Like it's he's just great. He's so good. Is he is he the best centered down we've ever had? Like genuinely. Um, I mean, probably. Um, we've had very different players in that position. I don't think we've had anyone um, who has the tackling ability. I mean, we've yeah. had good players there. Booba Diop comes to mind. Dembele used to win the ball back really well, and he was top class. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's he's something else. Dad, were you when when you saw that live? Well, live were you expecting Polina to shoot? No, I mean, what you're right in what you're saying. It's a very typical Polina challenge, and he just does that all the time. He loves he loves those challenges, and many of them get him into quite a lot of trouble. But mm. it was very very opportunistic. He just sort of stole the ball. I, I didn't see it coming, did not see it coming. And then very, very quickly, he's gone for a shot. I'd never saw that coming. You know, he would not normally do that. He'd be laying the ball wide and, you know, being trying to build something up. But that, that that's, you know, a lot a lot's said about people, people try to 
very deeply analyze the package that is Jean Polinia. And one thing that is probably said about him is that he's long, I was going to say he's long balls, but that's slightly disrespectful. But um, he's, he's the, you know, he's, he's long passing and therefore he's, you know, he's, his efficiency over distance is is probably the weakest part of his game. Um, but the, that was not just a long ball. That was expertly and very deliberately cur curled. Mm. It was hugely ambitious and really quite wonderful. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot to love about the man, and that's, you know, he only scores bangers. And and I saw a compilation <laughs> does, video of um, of Polina's goals, not just for Fulham, but Polina's goals um, back when he was playing in Portugal as well. And geez, he he really does love a long distance strike, and he can strike the ball well for someone who's known, you know, as a defensive player. Um, he's he's got a great stroke on him. Uh, mm. Little comment here from uh, Dave Lovell, following along live on Twitter, saying, "Sam, sorry, what's a centre down? Genuinely, have no idea." Centre down midfield, CDM. Central, central defensive midfield. Oh, sorry, sorry, my bad. That's my big bad. dollars okay. for you there, Sammy. I can only apologise. I come here as a fan, not <laughs> an expert. I will never claim to be an expert. Um, so look, I, I mean that that goal. Definitely felt like it broke the back of uh, of Leeds. Uh, they were looking pretty good, I thought, in the in the opening twenty minutes. But you know, when you can see the goal like that, you could see heads dropping. Um, Leeds did have a couple of other chances, but Dad, do you think that was a bit of a turning point in the game when you can see the goal like that? Well, it's 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 a, a moment where you break the spirit of your opposition because I wouldn't wouldn't call it against the run of play. But they did actually look quite tricky. Uh, Notto, is that the correct, correct pronunciation of, of the left wing or whatever he plays? Um, I think so, yeah. He's, he's handy. Uh, is it Jorginho? He's, he was tricky as well. Disallowed goal, nice little tap in. But he, he, you know, he, he looked like he could have caused us a lot of problems. So I, um, in as much as we were defending very, very well, I didn't think we were having it all our own way at all. Certainly mm. not up front. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, so it's a competitive game. It's an exciting cup tie. The Leeds fans are going mad and singing us completely out of the cottage, which is another topic. Um, yeah. And then a <laughs> defensive midfielder not known for his goal-scoring abilities pulls that one out, steals the ball, and curls one round, uh, you know, that is a high, high, high quality goal. And yeah. I think that breaks your spirit. For for the next 10 minutes, It's the heads are down. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, and look, after that, um, Notto did force a very good save from, from Rodak. He saved down low to his left. Um, it actually looked a very similar chance to the one Solomon put away against Brighton, similar sort of running down that left wing, shooting across the keeper. I think um, mm. uh, Rodak got down really well for that and made a really good save there, pushed the ball mm. away to safety, which he didn't do really well for the rest of the game. But again, we'll, we'll touch on that a bit later. Um, uh, and then there was uh, a point as well where uh, Leeds hit the post. Um, again, Rodak looks a little bit flappy there. I think he, he possibly could have done better and he looked to little bit all at sea a couple of times um, during the first half. Um, 
Dad, let's just touch on Rodak quickly now. Obviously, we, we sing the praises every single week of of Leno. We know how good a player he is. Um, and that sort of detracts from from Rodak because he's being compared to this amazing keeper. But did he do enough to sort of prove himself as a worthy backup? The problem, problem Rodak's got is it's like going out on the pool with a really good-looking girl if you're not that good-looking. You know, it, it's always going to be difficult, isn't it? Um, but he, I, I think he's got a confidence problem, just generally. Not not recently, I think generally. He, he doesn't like leaving his line. He doesn't look like a confident man. He looks like a nice bloke rather than a really confident man who commands his box, screams at his defenders, uh, you know, gets, um, I, I don't know, really commits to what he's about to do and comes off his line and takes on the, the strike. He's not that guy. He's, t- mm. he's a timid man. Is that too I, harsh? Uh, I'd say a little bit. I, I guess the thing to remember is he's only 26. Um it doesn't matter how old he is. You know, you see 19-year-olds who are ridiculous. That I don't think that. No, but they don't have the command, which is what you're looking for. It's the confidence, uh, and, and that comes with experience and playing a lot of games at, at a high no, level. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disagree with you, really, because I think you've either got that in you, and it, it, often when it's when young people are confident, it looks arrogant. It looks, uh, what's the word? Um yeah, it, it, it kind of looks. No, no, no. It looks. Um, I can't think of the right word. Actually, uh, I, I know what you mean. I just, I just think. But it's um, in them, and all they do is they curate it over time, and they, 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 they kind of balance it off a bit better. But it's in them because they, they have that sense of belief, mm. you know. And I, I don't, I don't see it in, um, in Rodak, and I think that's I, I why have he's to disagree not... a little bit there because I think a lot of that's down to confidence, and you see it across the pitch, not just in keepers. When players aren't confident, you see it in Harry Wilson at the moment. He's mm. lacking confidence, and he doesn't look the same player that we know he is. And I think if if Rodak had the opportunity to play a few more games, we might see some some more of that because we've seen it from him before. He's he's a good keeper. Um, I'm going to let you disagree, but I, I'm going to let you disagree with me, but I don't think you're right. No. Okay. And come well, to move, fight moving me. On, <laughs> moving on anyway. Um, Sammy, do you think now that Fulham are through to the quarterfinals, Leno comes straight back in? Oh, that's a, uh, that's actually a good question. Um yeah, I was. I, I thought. I thought you were going to let me talk a little bit more about Rodak, and because I was going to go off in a similar direction to that. Is but yeah, just go more into the confidence thing. But you actually do raise a really good question because I. I don't know about you guys, but I do kind of feel like the FA Cup. You kind of have like an FA Cup team, and you have a Premier League team, and I feel that you stick as close to that um, FA Cup team as you can until you kind of get like semis and finals but even like say um uh with like newcastle and man U in um the carabao recently i feel like i don't i don't think they did play their full starting like premier league lineups both teams i feel that they trickled in a couple more starting players i if it were me honestly i probably wouldn't consider leno until 
semis and finals. And then even then, I might I might even edge it to Rodak just purely because he is established in that FA Cup role. And I, I think that I think it um team cohesion in those competitions is actually quite a big thing because he, I don't want to call it like Fulham B squad, but they are kind of playing as a separate team to the Premier League side. So mm-hmm. I feel like it's good to essentially keep that order for that competition. I, I think there's it's actually been very different teams Fulham have put out in every round so far. Mm. And it's definitely a lot of rotation. I think the... The it, it probably does depend on who we get drawn against as well. I think yeah. if we got drawn against a Man City or a Man United, for example, I think we, we might go. If we actually want to be serious about a cup run, you you put in Leno. If you end up playing Grimsby somehow, um, you probably let Rodak have another crack. Mm. Um, but it, I think it just depends on how serious you want to take the cup. At that point, um, let's have a quick look at the Polini goal, though. I know we've sort of moved on from it, but we'll uh, take a quick look now. The cards in the FA Cup so far. And the shot finds the back of the net. Superb goal. Polini. It is that man. It's literally just one touch and then excellence, isn't it? It's like. And he's just, just top class. Yeah. Um, crazy, crazy confidence. So moving into the second half, I think both teams started fairly well. Fulham probably looked slightly on top, uh, but the turning point came with just another moment of magic, and this time it was the man who we've seen now score four goals straight in Manor Solomon. Uh, let's have a quick look at his goal here for those following along on the live stream. Com o rebote, Mitrovic, tabela com o Solomon, pode bater pro gol, bateu mais um golaço do Solomon! Gol! I would like to put my hand up. Uh, apologies for the, um, I think, Spanish uh, commentary, but go on, Sammy. Um, obviously, brilliant goal. Manuel Solomon is top class, all that good stuff. Mitrovic this game I thought was excellent. I thought he was so good and I thought he provided so much throughout the entire game for the time that he was on. And I feel that like I because a lot can be said for Vinicius. I I like Vinicius. I I I I like just him as a guy and kind of like what he's bringing, but oh my goodness, like if that is like a 70% Mitrovic, it just adds so much, doesn't it? He's like, he's, he was, I thought he was really excellent last night. Yeah, well, let's touch on it now. Um, I mean, it obviously, we, we've talked about it for weeks while Mitro's been in and out of the side through injury and how big a difference he makes to the team and how, you know, nothing against Vinicius, nothing against Bobby when he played in that position, but they're just not Mitro. And it was really obvious having Mitro back in the team, what he what he adds. And it's not his goal scoring, because obviously we saw him put the ball in the back of the net, even though it was clearly offside and fairly disallowed. But the amount of times he looked to set other players up, mm-hmm. and obviously this, this Polina goal comes from a really good one too, where Mitro just reads the game better. I, I mean, Vinicius at that point is peeling away, trying to get to the back post and looking for a potential cross. 
Mitro comes towards Solomon and goes, you know what, I'm a really good option here. I can get a beautiful little one-two, and I know where Solomon would want the ball. He gets the ball played into feet. Solomon makes the run instantly. Mitro with the perfectly weighted little layoff, and Solomon sets himself up for yet another superb goal. Dad, was it... Uh, I mean, it's a silly question, really. Was it clear that Mitro is needed in this team? Yes. But was it just nice to see Mitro back on the field after watching Vinicius for the last couple of weeks sort of struggling away a little bit and not being able to nail down that spot as his own? I feel somewhat sorry for Vinicius with all of the analysis and criticism. Too right. uh, fair, Fair and unfair. And I don't think there's been that much unfair because I think he's actually quite well liked and not, not a single person thinks he doesn't try hard and he's, yeah. he's a young guy. Um, so I think I, I think everyone's being fairly fair towards him. Um, and I think last night what Sam's saying really is that it was just a, a very conclusive proof and celebration of everything that is uh, Alexander Mitrovic. He is um, a very, very, very capable team player, and he's very important to a, uh, an efficient and a top-performing Fulham team. And I think it just underscores and highlights just how much we have missed Mitro and how much yeah. we do miss Mitro when he doesn't play. Um, his vision is excellent. But it's not only his vision. He's, lo- he's always looking for it. He's actually very unselfish. He's always looking. He's always looking to to play uh, bring people in. His vision is incredible. His his skill in actually releasing wingers is incredible. And he delights in the one two. He loves it. You know, people talk about the kind of instinctive greediness of strikers and how they like seeing that. And of course, that's an important element of striker. You don't want a guy running towards goal and then suddenly laying it off to someone else. You just want him to run like an animal towards the goal and put it in the back of the net. But Mitro loves that little one-two stuff. He's good at mm. it and he loves mm. it. And mm. and I, I think, think we saw we saw last I, I, night a, a lot more of that as well. I think he was really looking to play in his teammates, probably more so than I've seen yeah. him, him do usually. Usually he's with his back to goal. He does lay it off you know, fairly often, but he'll try and find space to get a shot off. Last Did night, you see was... his delight? Did you yeah. see his delight when Solomon scored? He was yeah, so but happy. last night I, it was really obvious that he was trying to play in his teammates mm. way more, mm. and it was like he wanted everyone else around him to score and didn't care that much if he scored or not. Yeah, maybe he was nursing nursing that little hammy a bit. Well, even Possibly, if he was but, though, like it's yeah. it's a it's a word that we just don't associate with him as much. Like just selfless. Like it was a very selfless performance. But like, because he is an elite level striker, and all elite level strikers should be able to essentially aid a team in the way that he did. And it was, yeah, he's, he's. I mean, we know I he's th- top draw, but like, I, I think what I love about this all though is that it is actually screaming for all the people who knocked Mitrovic and Fulham Fulham fans who've watched him over the last couple of years are not in those numbers. But for all the pundits and the, the sort of other team fans that knock Mitrovic's all-round game. Um, he he is very, very high quality in what he brings to a team. 
and and yeah. the, the scoring of you know somewhere between 12 and 40 goals in a season is is a massive bonus on top of what he actually does it must yeah, be such absolutely. a relief for him as well to just not have to be the central um yep. goal scorer like that must that must really be like a weight off of him anyway jack you say things well let's move on and have a quick look at these stats um you know fulham a fairly even game there, though Fulham slightly dominating possession. Leads far more shots on goal, a few more on target as well, but Fulham obviously more clinical. Many less fouls than we've seen in previous games. And I think both teams are probably, you know, trying to avoid uh, getting too many injuries or yellow cards going forward as well. Um, what I'll do, though, I just want to pull up one thing, which is a quick clip. Uh, I'm not sure what language this is in, but it's a quick clip just uh, showing Solomon's goal uh, against Leeds and his goal against Wolves and just how similar these two goals actually are. Let's have a quick look. He's not Mitrovic in the air. He's Solomon. He'll have a go. Brilliant. Brilliant. He's just brilliantly put probably, probably together. Probably doesn't that do it justice, Jack. Yeah. Uh, I know. It's, it it's, it's for our people following live. Uh, and, mm. um, you know, we'll retweet that clip as well. I found it on Twitter. Um, but the the place he hits the ball from is almost exactly the same spot in those two goals and he curls it in almost the exact same way and the keeper in the exact same way can't get anywhere near it it's just superb and look I think that was the point that the game was killed off um there were a few little testy moments towards the end where Tim Ream was superb in defense and sort of saved us a couple of times and Rodak I have to say looked a little bit flappy and we'll sort of talk about that when we go through some of the top tweets afterwards um but, yeah, look, it was was a good victory for Fulham. I think it was clinical. Um, we were able to give really important minutes to important players, such as Mitro coming back from an injury. Lukic got uh, a full 90. Suarez played uh, 88 minutes or something along those lines, and um, Tosin played a full 90. I think a really important fixture for us. And good that we sort of came through it unscathed as well. No real injury worries. Um kind of a, a good performance overall. Um, Sammy, happy that we moved through to the next round? Yeah, I don't really know how to feel. Like, I'll, I'll be honest, like, because I'm just so, I'm, like, I'm not used to, this is, it, it, it kind of just reminds me of when somebody who was, like, fat in high school becomes, like, attractive in their mid-20s. Like, I just, just don't know how to experience this or how to really fully enjoy it because, like, I've, I've, I'm just so used to essentially not being in this space, so it just all feels kind of surreal. Like, obviously, I'm excited and like, I, 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 I want to want, but I struggle to believe it. What's actually happening? I don't know. Like, I and I'm I'm the one who's like, yeah, let's all get carried away. But like, when I'm actually here, I don't know how to deal with it. No, I think that's fair, and you know, it'll be a lot clearer for us as well. Um, this podcast is going to be coming out on the Wednesday and the draws obviously Wednesday night in the UK. Um, so on, on Thursday morning, it'll be a lot clearer as to who we're playing next. Um, the FA Cup uh, quarterfinals are happening the same weekend we were due to play Liverpool. So that game has now been moved. So we've got Brentford, then Arsenal, and then the FA Cup quarterfinals after that. So um, it'll be really interesting to see who we get. And again, we'll discuss that a little bit when we get through to some of these top tweets as well. Um so let's jump through to these. Um, Dad, I'll get you to walk through some of these for us, if you can. Sure. Um, our first one is from um, the beast of a 
retweeter that is white noise uh just a, again a shout out to white noise for all the hard work and the time he puts in um keeping fulham fans informed um he's incredible and um he says not counting chickens or anything but savoring the thought of a fulham uh, of fulham being one game from wembley i know traditionalists don't like the semi-finals being at wembley but fulham playing there in the fa cup under any circumstances, would just be amazing. What a season this is. Couldn't agree more. This is from MJG, a 1966 MJG. And he says, Rodak, you're doing me zero favours here. I've tried sticking up for you for so long, but Christ, hold on to something. That's mean. <laughs> that is mean. It's a little tough. but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm um, happy to be mean, but that is a bit mean. Uh, yeah. Uh, look, I, th I think, uh, look, I I thought, it's funny because I, uh, Jack called me after, I didn't watch the game live, I watched the first half and I told you guys I'd watched it and then I went and had a haircut and, then and you I was sitting around. <laughs> no, no, then I was sitting around trying to watch the second half on my phone outside an Indian, that's a true yeah. story. Yeah, and, such and as then an Australian I, fan. Yeah, and it was about 36 degrees. Mm -hmm. And um, I I said to Jack, gee, Rodak's not having a bad game, actually, because I thought his first half was all right. And Jack said, oh, just, just wait till the last 15 or 20 minutes. And I, yeah, it was a little bit, um, you know, because I didn't watch it live and I didn't watch the whole thing in, in one hit, I, I didn't really get a very good picture of it. But anyway, um, it was, it, the next it one... Was, it was very. It was Sorry. a very Rodak performance, and you know, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to hate on him too hard, but like, no, no, I'm not he, hating on him. I, I think he's doing a good job in 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 the FA Cup. And just because I didn't get a chance to to mention that, I'm telling you, this is a game of chess. We will use our pieces as we can. We want to win the silverware, and the <laughs> moment we get a draw, that we think we absolutely need to pull out the guns. He's not getting the shirt. <laughs> one one thing I'll just, out the back. One thing I'll quickly add there. I, I think what MJG is tweeting there is it basically, I, I, I think we're all in the same boat where I, I try and stick up for Rodak as much as possible. I really want him to be successful, especially as our backup keeper, because he's not going to challenge for the first keeper spot, but I think he's a really handy backup keeper. And I think what MJG is saying there is, you know, we we try and stick up for him constantly, and you just want to. It's hard when you see a performance like that where there's those just those flappy moments, and we just don't see that from our German machine in goal at the moment. Do you um, know what he kind of reminds me of? Yeah. German? Oh, yeah, no, yeah, you go, Dad. No, go, sir. Go, sir. Oh, uh, so like I'm sure I'm sure Dad's probably like experienced this more when like I play sport or something like that. But you know when like you go to watch like your child play or like somebody that you really like play sport and you like want the best for them, and then you just clearly see like them get subbed off for a much better player, and you're just like, oh, I know I'm here to support you, but the taking you off was clearly the right decision. <laughs> And that's kind it's of how I feel with Rodak. Can we also say? Can we also say? Because I think there is something to talk about with with uh, Monsieur Rodak. You know, we talk about how difficult it is to be an understudy, and particularly to be an understudy of someone like Metro, and how important it is, and how we've been sweating on these really good backups 
you know, defensive midfield or centre down midfield, as it will now be forever called, Beautiful. and at right back, and at yeah, you know, in a number of different places around the ground. If you think about between the sticks, that's a really difficult job to do. Mm to actually be the backup goalkeeper because your goalkeeper never gets injured. Let's be honest. They never get injured. They never get tired. They rarely get injuries. Yeah. Um, and so you're never going to get games, right, unless there's a major catastrophe and you've obviously got to have a second keeper because you just need one. Um, but it's a really tough role to fill unless you're prepared to go and play for Man City earn a fortune every week and never play, if yeah. that's – where you're at in your career and so I, I mean you know we need to have Rodak playing well we need him to be happy we need him to be getting some game time to at least make him match fit and so I think we all agree on why we want him to be successful but he's just not Leno <laughs> I think the other tweet there as well from FFC Yevra um, Reams made more saves than <laughs> yeah. Rodak this game it it sounds a bit harsh, but Reem actually true. made Reem some good actually, saves, man. I, I saw the stats. Reem made three goal line clearances in the game. Um so it it's actually kind of true. Um he's reading it's, his it's reading a, of the game is just getting better and better and better. Yeah. It's a little tongue in cheek that one, but I it's um it's pretty funny. It's kind of true that, yeah. that Reem actually did almost make more saves than Rodak in the game in terms of goal line clearances, which is just definitely more composed. Amazing. He was definitely more composed. Yeah, hundred percent. This is from Colin Bennett, and he says Wilson needs a spark. He desperately needs a goal and a few good games to get some confidence going. If he keeps playing like this, his career at Fulham come the summer could be in jeopardy. Yeah, look, um, I'm going to say that. I I've, oh, I don't know how I feel about Harry Wilson. I feel I feel sorry for him actually, for his mm. predicament. He's he's trying really hard. It's not like for lack of will, but he's he's under so much pressure with such a lot mm. of good players vying for the same position. Uh, players who are actually just better quality than him, without any disrespect at all. And it's really tough for him, you know. And I I didn't think he was completely awful. But he's he's just not he's just not Man, Manor Solomon and he's not Willian. Also, as well, like I feel that like so okay. So the other day at indoor, right? This is a good comparison. The other day at indoor, I was playing a more outfield position than I would usually play, and in my brain, I've also gotten a lot slower as I've gotten older as well. And in my brain, all I was thinking was. I know what I should be able to do, and I know I've done it before, but today I cannot, and I am, and I am just getting worse trying to do it. And I feel that that is just fully where Harry Wilson's at. And I feel so sorry for him, and because I, I I've seen the best, and I just feel sad. Uh, I mean, I think it's it's a really tough one, and I, I was having a chat with uh, Ash um, during the game actually because you guys are asleep, fair enough, it was 4am. Um, but we were sort of talking to each other and saying, you know, uh, Wilson does seem like he's just not quite the player that he was, and we know the quality he's got. But um, And at the same time, guys like Wilson and Rodak, these are guys who 
we have sort of fallen in love with over the last few years because they got us mm. up to the Premier League in that amazing season. You know, they've been with the club for a while now and they're, they're you know, really well-loved players. But there's going to come a point, and it's probably going to be this summer, where we're going to probably see some of those well-loved squad players potentially moving on because you you do need to keep improving. If we finish sixth or seventh this year, um, then the benchmark for next year is to finish sixth or seventh. Um, it would be a massive step backwards if you finish sixth or seventh and then you don't try and improve your squad to maintain that kind of position in the league. And realistically, we're going to see people moving on who we, uh, you know, become accustomed to. And I think Wilson is probably in that boat where if he doesn't have some really good games coming up, because he's behind people like Solomon, Willian, um, BDR, you think about Cabano still injured as well. Mm -hmm. um, He's got a real struggle to get himself into the team. And if you're sitting on the outer, you're kind of in danger of being let go in the summer because he would he would absolutely chop up a championship side. He would be yeah. a really, really great signing for one of those teams in the championship who need a winger who can score 10 goals a season. He'd be perfect for that. And I think, um, you know, best for both parties at that point, if, if he hasn't found that spark and that confidence, it's probably a good move for him in the summer if it does come about. I, I love Harry Wilson, but he's just not looking like the player he was when he was, you know, scoring goals for fun in the championship for us. Yeah, it's such a shame. Mm. I, re- I, re- I, 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 uh, in an ideal world, I really hope that we would send him out on loan and he'd have a really successful loan, kind of do like a Conor Gallagher and then come back a completely reformed player, just ready to come back. But I think you are right. I think it's, it is kind of like staring down the barrel of the gun of like, we want to improve. We want to reach that upper echelon. And yeah, if, if it doesn't get better, I think silver, the smartest thing to do would probably just be to respectfully and lovingly cut ties. Oh, I hate I think, that though. Yeah. I think you're right about the loan, but the problem that I foresee, and it's, yeah. it's an issue that I think Fulham have, and they, they don't handle very well at the moment is we keep players for too long and their contract then expires. You yeah. know, um, Knockart cost us 18, well, 15 million. Cavalera cost us 18 million. And we've effectively let those guys go out on loan and then leave for free. Same with Seri as well. He's just left for free because his contract's run out because we were sort of loaning him around. And, you know, you kind of have to cash in on players like Harry Wilson. No, you're right. Totally. They're still an asset because he won't yeah. be an asset in you know, two years' time. Uh, moving on to the next one. One here, Dad, from Fulham Fan News. Fulham Transfer it on Twitter. Yeah. Um, Pundit thinks brilliant Zhao, Polina, could leave Fulham in £50 million deal. Personally, I think, not me, this is Fulham Fan News, personally, I think £50 million won't be enough. If, what's his name? Uh, Kaiseido? Kaiseido. Yeah. If Caicedo is eighty million, then Zhao is a hundred million pounds. Easily, um, I would ex- I would literally yeah. accept nothing less. But I think the situation is going to be: we don't want we don't want him to leave because we want him in our side. Surely, everyone, including the most business minded person at Fulham, that could be someone with a surname of Khan. Um, 
you know, they, they're not going to ignore silly money, but perhaps the best way of playing business here is to ignore any offer and say it's not for sale, not for sale, not for mm. sale. And then you might get Chelsea or Man City just, you know, in a fit of whatever, pulling out the checkbook and giving you $100 million, which, of course, would have to be taken. Well, it's it's quite an interesting one. and I, I was having a bit of a Twitter conversation with MJG uh, just before we started recording, actually, about not this article exactly, but about Polina in general. And, and his tweet was basically saying, I wouldn't even entertain a phone call from any club unless we're talking nine figures, so 100 million plus. Mm, yeah. I actually think um, that I, I don't think that would be enough, realistically. 100 million does a lot for you, but you have to make these kind of perfect investments again. And, you know, mm. we've seen the cards have been in charge for, yeah. for seven years and they've picked like three superb players, admittedly all fairly recently. But um, to pick out someone like Polina for 20 million again... Oh. Is, is, it's going to be tough. If we consider he's got a five-year deal with us still, um, we're about to finish potentially in a European spot. Why wouldn't you hold on to him for another year? You, you assume he's happy in London. He seems happy. And I think even if clubs were in for him, I feel like he'd still be happy to stay at Fulham for one more year. Yeah, He helps with another European push and helps attract players like Solomon to definitely sign on the dotted line and maybe a few other players want to play alongside him and Solomon and Mitro. And he he can actually be a core that you can build around. And then look, if a year after, so in two years' time, if he decides that he does want to leave, he's still got four years on his contract, three or four years on his contract. He's still a £100 million player. Like, oh, yeah, I don't think that valuation is changing anytime soon. So I don't think there's yeah. any rush for Fulham to sell Polina in this summer. I know clubs will be in for him and offering a lot of money for him. But I, I really think we need to push back hard and keep someone like him because he's he's we've seen it this season. You build success around a player like Polina. Yeah, I can't I can't think of a, a genuine instance where it would be a viable option for us to get rid of him in any capacity. Like three years down the line, maybe because yeah, he, I mean his worth could go up significantly more, and maybe he would probably have bigger ambitions to play like serious Champions League football. I can understand that. But right now, or like really within like the next 18 months, I I can't see a, a worthy fee, I guess. But the, but as we've all agreed, you, you know, you get £120 million completely outdo your wildest thinking, and then you spend £50 million, which is a lot of money, on replacement, and he's a flop. It could happen. Exactly. Mm, yeah. Exactly. Uh, I and think you think it's, you're really it's clever and it's a flop. The the other thing to consider is we we've got him on a long deal. He's 27 at the moment. Maybe if we manage to keep him for two years and he's 29, he's not as wanted by some of the big clubs because he's not quite as young and and worth a hundred million. Um, mm. And we we managed to keep him for a bit longer. But you know, if, you, if uh, it's if you think about it, Jack, right? If you think about it from a business perspective, if keeping Polinia. And building a team around Polina gets you Champions League within two or three years. That's worth more than the most ridiculous transfer fee on him. Mm. It's it's not even that. It's it's keeping us in the Premier League for two years. We need stability in the Premier League. 
Yeah. Um, we haven't had that, and we're going to have it this year. I was, I, I was shooting of, a bit higher, but never mind. The, but <laughs> no, what I mean, the amount of times that teams survive and then go no, down the right. season you're after right. because they haven't sure. done enough to strengthen and their best players get taken from them as well. See, so mm. it happen all the time. And I feel like mm. if, if Fulham was smart, I understand they've got this great asset on their hands and economically it seems like a good decision. But I think if Fulham actually want a long-term future in the Premier League, you have to keep Zhao for at least one more year. At least. Yeah, I, I think if we don't, we, we'll, we'll find ourselves in a bit of strife. Um, moving on to another one. This is in a reply to Fulham Flutter, who um, made a really good point about uh, the FA Cup draw and sort of what it could mean for us going forward. Um, I'll just pull up his original tweet, uh, basically saying, assuming the Cup games go as expected tomorrow, um, and then he listed out the team saying, you know, who who we could potentially play and who we'd want to avoid. And I've put together a bit of a... A dream scenario here. Um, there's not much point in actually running through each team, but it's basically saying you know the Premier League teams like City and United get drawn against each other, Spurs and Brighton get drawn against each other, uh, Fulham draw you know Southampton in the next round, assuming all the favourites win, and then Man United play Brighton and Fulham play let's say Blackburn or Burnley. Um, you could have basically a run where you play, you know, the team that's bottom of the Premier League and then a team in the Championship to get to the final. Um, I guess your thoughts on, on, you know, how it's actually looking that we can progress in the FA Cup this year. Oh, look, there, there are clearly going to be some very easy fixtures for somebody um, on on the way through, no doubt about it. What chance it's going to be us? I don't know, but reasonable odds at this point so you could get very very lucky and you know i don't care who we play in the final at wembley i'll take them on because i think we're good enough um we are a premier league top six team you heard it from me and (laughs) um you know so when you get to wembley and you're really up for it and it means perhaps more than uh, it means to someone else on the day anything can happen so you just got to get yourself there and we could we could have a couple of modestly easy fixtures getting there with the roll of the dice. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I was trying to find a tweet while you were talking there um, because I think I saw in the 13 years since we've reached the quarterfinals, we've been knocked out by Man City three times. I think we've been knocked out by Spurs twice and Brighton twice as well in that time. So the teams that are left in the FA Cup currently are, are almost our bogey teams as is. So yeah, you really do. I, I know it doesn't mean anything because, you know, we've been in very different situations across that time, but you really do hope and cross your fingers that come, come tomorrow morning, we're, we're looking at the FA Cup draw and just licking our lips and seeing, seeing a couple of big dogs get knocked off against each other and giving us a, a, a nice smooth path to the potential FA Cup final. Um, and then a quick one to touch on at the end. We're obviously previewing Brentford, but Dad, walk us through through this one. Mm. This is from uh, the Mail Online Sport, and it relates to um, our mates down the road. Uh, the Brentford striker is set to start a lengthy ban before the end of the season, and it refers to a Daily Mail article where the headline says Brentford's Ivan Tony admits multiple breaches of FA batting rules. 
And yeah, obviously this is significant for us um, about time. And um, it, yeah, it's fairly, I don't know. I feel quite strongly about it, actually. I think it's very cynical the way they've played it and uh, sort of in, innocent till proven guilty, but obviously pretty guilty. Um, guilty yeah. yeah, massively guilty, but oh, who, me? And, you know, obviously <laughs> Brent, Brentford as a, as, a, as a team and a club have decided, no, we need him. He's very important. He scores lots of goals, and I think we're probably safe now. So, yeah, we'll put our hand up and say that he was probably a very naughty boy. Yeah, it would be interesting because he's the one who's actually now admitted. The, the charges got brought to him a while ago. I can't remember if he got given a deadline or not, but he has admitted to – he got charged with 262 charges. Apparently he's admitted to the majority of those, um, and he's going to dispute some of them. Um, like you said, the Whatever. thought process that, that's been you know, put out there on Twitter is that now that Brentford – you know, probably have enough points to be safe in the league this season. They probably need to pick up one or two more wins from their 15 remaining games. There's a possibility that they've looked at this and gone, you know, he's going to have a long ban. We don't know quite how long, but it could be anywhere from six to 18 months, realistically, based on um, bans that we've seen in the past. Um, now that we're safe, do we actually come forward and say, let's start the ban as soon as possible? Knowing that he'll miss a big period over the summer break, where effectively I don't, I can't remember when the last fixture of the season is. It's in May sometime, but you've got the whole of May, June, July, August, four months just chewed up by a summer break where it doesn't actually affect them. Do we know uh, the the effective starting date of his ban? Is it now commenced? I, I don't think it's. I don't think it's now commenced. But one big thing was that Brentford basically backed him um, and, and kept starting him saying, you know, it was still under investigation and um, they wouldn't make a comment and they'd sort of mm. not brushing it under them. the rug, not brushing it under the rug, but effectively saying, you know, while it's under investigation, we're not going to do anything. Now that he's admitted to it, I think they've got a much bigger issue on their hands where they have to probably take action at some point because he's admitted to doing something that's completely against the rules. Beforehand, so, it was an accusation, um, but now that he's admitted, I think. I, I, but I'm not sure. Well, I mean, clearly, entirely orchestrated. He's not gonna. He's not gonna be left to 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 manage the timing of that admission himself. This is orchestrated. You think? Yeah, but um, you know, he can't automatically start his ban. Like the FA will decide when his ban actually starts. It's now if Brentford decide mm. to play him or not. Um, so do you think you he'll line up next coming. Monday? I, I genuinely don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he played, though. And I mm. saw a tweet come out from um, the one of the fantasy Premier League accounts saying that Ivan Tony has been the most transferred in player into fantasy teams this week. So people are selecting him, expecting him to play this week. And a lot of people are saying they're expecting him to, you know, score goals against Fulham because it might be his last game for a very long time. Mm. Yeah, I hope, I hope, I hope he has a wonderful reception. <laughs> I'm sure he'll get some sort of reception from the Fulham fans. Sure. Um, so a really good selection of tweets there from what was uh, quite an interesting FA Cup game and a few bits of news as well that sort of 
fell out the back uh, over the last couple of days. Um, and we will go into a little bit more detail. Hopefully by the time we do preview Brentford later in the week, uh, there'll be a little bit more information out there about what's exactly happening with Ivan Tony. I'm trying to follow it and see if I can get some, but there's not a huge amount of information out there yet. So we'll keep an eye on that and try and report on it as much as possible. Um, but now it's time for Sammy's split second snap. Sam's weird quiz. Let's go, Sammy. It's not really a quiz. It's just more of just a general kind of how you're going. But anyway. Sam's, uh, Sam's weird thing, let's call it. Yeah, Sam's weird thing. I like that. Yeah. Um, so this one, I, it's not, it's one of the more kind of genuine queries as opposed to like the fun ones I've been doing. But I just kind of want to get like your thoughts on this one. So imagine a, um, a each team has a spin the wheel. And uh, you, in this scenario, you would get to um, uh, essentially earn one of their players just based off of spinning the wheel and it runs on a random player. So I'm not expecting you guys to like know like the full starting lineup of each team, but just based on how each team is going. Because again, there's lots of players in the Premier League right now who um, are brilliant players, but they're not necessarily reflecting that in their teams at the moment. And we're doing very, very well at essentially bringing out the talent. So with that in mind, a spin the wheel, it would be completely random. So you wouldn't be able to choose, but it wouldn't include the youth team. Is this all? Is this all? Have we, have we kind of got a grasp of what I'm doing here? No, it's no one ever no knows until it goes further. Carry okay, on, cool. sir. Yeah, great. Cool, cool. Okay, so it's a spin the wheel, and then you would essentially receive a random player from either team. So would you rather a random player from Leeds or Manchester United at this current time? Are you kidding? Well, no, I'm not. not. But, like, again, like, it's not, like, it's not the full... Okay, fine, yeah. I mean... All right, whatever. Well, if it's anyone from in their squad, I'd take even their worst player as a backup. Take Harry Maguire as a backup centre-back, 100%. Fair yeah. enough. I'd, okay. I'd roll the dice on anyone in the Man United squad. Probably in the okay. car park. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Okay, uh, City or Chelsea? Better. City. Um, probably really? City. City. Yeah. Oh. I might, I might, I might, I might go Chelsea. I might go Chelsea on that one. Um, Chelsea have a few good players, but I think you could get loaded with Loftus Cheek. <laughs> well, I, uh, I also think, I also think, what you get from Chelsea are pe- individual stars that uh, would have such a long road back to being, uh, you know, serviceable, great, yeah. great team, great team members. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Leicester or Nottingham Forest? Mm. That's not bad. That's, that, that's a good um, one. That's a good one. You always trash mm. the game at the start and then you always enjoy it. Well, to be fair, it was trash at the start, but it's got It better. was trash at the start. Um, yeah. uh, I would probably go with Leicester. I agree I with think that. They've got, I think they've got some really good players. The, uh, it, it's a tough one, though, because... Forest have a lot of very good individual players, mm. but they just don't look like they're performing at all this season. So I, I'm not sure if I would, if I'd back them in or not. Um, well, I think maybe what you mean is Forest have spent a lot of money. Well, yeah, that's exactly, <laughs> and bought a lot of players. 
<laughs> a lot of those players aren't yeah. bad players, though. Like, um, there are there's definitely some half decent players. They're just not necessarily yeah, working sure. in that system because it's mm. a clustered bad word. Yeah. Um, mm. I, I think, think Leicester Le- as well, though. I like. I yeah, like, I, I mean, like Leicester. Less, less, yeah, I think Leicester a great unit. So you actually, I feel like you'd 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 inherit a player who's probably easier to integrate, even if he isn't a, yeah. a superstar. I think that's true. Cross my like, fingers for Telemans or Vardy. Or... Yeah. Man, I take, I take Harvey Telemans. Barnes, Suta. Suta. Yeah. Oh, Suta's looked great recently, but that's a whole other conversation. Um, Wolves or Brighton? Brighton. Brighton. I mean, like, I think Wolves actually have some really good individual players, but I just think Brighton are a significantly better team. But yeah. their, their, their squad depth is is very good. They've got some really classy young players in their squad. Mm, yeah. Um, uh, I, d- I don't think there'd be anyone I'd be unhappy picking up off Brighton, really. Mm-hmm. And my final one, Liverpool or Newcastle? <clears throat> I would I'd go, go Liverpool. With... Yeah, I was going to go Liverpool too. I, I, I really like Newcastle. I like what they're doing. But I think the Liverpool players, this team is more proven. And I think some of the young players, you have the potential to potentially pick up Elliot or Carvalho again. Um, mm. You look at the Liverpool first team, and I'd take any one of those players, and they'd be starting. I would have thought in the yeah. Fulham team. Um, there's not many positions. I think you know. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd take Liverpool. Newcastle good, but Liverpool just edge it. Fair enough. That's the round. You had fun. You always yeah. have fun. Yeah, it was a good comeback. Eventually, so good comeback. Eventually, have good fun. Comeback. I don't know if you start with a really terrible one on purpose each time. To oh make yeah, it I seem like to. this is going to be an absolute failure. But then it. Seems I just to like. Come around. I just like the collective groan every time. It just, that and if I get the bigger the groan, the bigger my joy. Yeah, well, you'll be joyful for a very long time because there's always going to be groans with that one. I think. Um, but look, guys, um, a really. Good pod again. I think it was a really good game to actually review. Um, great to see Fulham progressing in the FA Cup. Um, just a, a really exciting time to be a supporter of Fulham at the moment, especially when you see the two guys that we've got on our little cover photo here in Polina and Solomon, who are just, you know, some of the most exciting players we've seen at Fulham in a very long time. And um, it, it's great to be able to watch them running out on the pitch. And I'm really excited for the next couple of games. We've got Tough ones ahead with Brentford coming, Arsenal obviously flying on top of the league, and then an FA Cup quarterfinal as well in a couple of weeks' time. Um, just wanted to do a big shout-out to, firstly, all the people who um, we featured tweets from. Um, we'll definitely shout you out when we release this one on Twitter. Um, and, and a big shout-out to all our new followers as well. We've we've had a couple of really good jumps in our following over the last few weeks where we've gone up to almost 350 followers on Twitter, which... Doesn't seem like a huge amount, but, you know, the fact is we were at about 60 followers two weeks ago. Um, so we've had a really, really huge growth online and we, we really appreciate it for it and really enjoy interacting with Fulham fans and um, getting around everyone online. Um, please do make sure you subscribe to the podcast on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, we'll be putting out new links in our tweets and in all of our posts, which give you a link directly to the podcast on your preferred podcast player. Uh, we also live stream this podcast on Facebook, Google, sorry, not Google, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. 
So please do get involved. If you see us come live, jump in, join in. We really appreciate it. Um, and look, if you enjoy our content, please do share it with the Fulham community as well. We really um, do this because we love doing it and, uh, you know, keep trying to push forward and deliver good content to all the Fulham fans around the whole world. Um, so, Sammy, thank you for coming back and joining us today. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. Especially as it's such a late night for you. It's clicked over half past midnight there. Much appreciated, Sammy. I just, I just don't sleep anymore, but that's fine. Yeah, well, that's the life of a Fulham fan in Australia, isn't it? And, uh, Dad, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you. And, uh, again, echoing uh, huge thanks for people who continue to follow us and uh, apparently enjoy what we're doing. So uh, it, it's very satisfying and very enjoyable. Yep, thanks to everyone. And uh, we'll be back later in the week to preview the Brentford game. But until then, come on, you whites. <laughs>